yeah, I wanted to ask you about your new job because I saw that you got that. Um, but you also did a lot of coverage for the three on three, like national championship yeah. the start of this year. Yeah, so that was a really cool thing. They uh they reached out to me um like in December and kind of explained the whole uh premise of it, which is really interesting. I mean, it was kind of the first of its kind. You know, their 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 market was, hey, we're gonna be the first people to ever pay college athletes, even though technically you know, the day you fin- the day you lose your last game or win your last game, whatever it may be, you know, you're, you're you're free from the uh, from the shackles of the NCAA, and and that's it's one of the weirdest things because it's it's such an interesting interesting thing because you know you every day your schedule's planned out, you have to be here, you're under you know the thumb of thumb of the head coach, you gotta you gotta report wherever you need to, and then all of a sudden one day after a loss, you wake up, you don't get the team text, it's like wait a second, hang on, I can go. You know, sign autographs for money now. I you know it's it's just like a it's a complete one eighty in in how your mentality is. So uh, so this is kind of an interesting thing. So I, I I don't know how much you know about it, but uh, basically they had a Intersport, which is a, a sports media company up in Chicago. They had kind of an interesting idea where we're gonna have all the conferences represented by four guys to play three on three basketball. So we'll have. Southern Conference versus like the Big East and the Big Ten, like ACC, it's just everybody. So, so it was really kind of, it was a cool thing. So like the Big Ten team was uh, Nate Mason, um, Robert Johnson, so Minnesota, Indiana, uh, Vince Edwards from uh, Purdue, and Jay Sean Tate from Ohio State. So really cool concept, kind of, you know, enemies coming together to represent the conference and uh, $100,000 around the line. And I don't know, did, did you see any of the coverage? I saw some of it. I wasn't able to catch too much of it. I wasn't able to catch a lot of the tournament just because of the time difference. But sure. I, I followed some stuff uh, on your timeline and on some of the Twitter accounts. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know, you know, Mark Titus, right? The uh, Ohio State guy wrote the um, book and he does a, a big podcast, College Basketball oh, Podcast. Yeah, I love one Shining Podcast. Yeah. Hilarious. So, you know, he, he's always the one saying, you know, it's just that they, uh, it's, a, it's a drop in the bag to give the big bag of cash out. You know, it's kind of just the under the table NCAA shenanigans that go on. Uh-huh. And so, so literally what they did after a team had won a game, they'd throw them a duffel bag full of cash. And, you know, these, these like 21 year olds all plus it's a bunch of ones all like throwing money and stuff. And it's so funny. I mean, the visuals you got from that were amazing. looking like Drake in the club. Yeah. Except there was all ones and not hundreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little, little different, but not, not quite, not quite God's plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Almost there. But yeah, that was cool. I mean, it was a cool idea and it kind of popped up out of nowhere almost. I, like, I didn't hear much about it. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm seeing you covering a lot of it before it happens, I think like a month or two. Um, yeah. But yeah, you said so it started in December. And uh, yeah, but they just reached out to you. I know you, you've been, you worked with the Big Ten. Yep. Um, you did stuff like that. So did that, did they reach out from to you because of that? Or like, how did that all come about? Yeah, they had uh, they had some seen some stuff I'd done with the Big Ten, and um, you know my my own podcast too, um, kind of the Indiana Indiana focused one, um, Earn Your Stripes, and they mm-hmm. uh, they kind of just like what they heard, and you know they kind of wanted just, uh, you know a young guy, just they, they wanted to keep it fresh. I mean, when they're throwing out bags of money, they don't want some old stiff in there. You know, they, sure. you got to keep keep it light, keep it fresh, keep it fun. So that was kind of the thing, and yeah, so it worked out well. It worked with uh, Jordan Cornett. The uh, big man, uh, old big man from uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he was with me. He was fun to work with. High energy dude. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, that's cool. 
And, and how was that working for with the, with the Big Ten? I know they've had um, a few former athletes come in. I know they have. They've had Robbie Hummel now starting up. Um, I mean, was that something you just kind of wanted to test out or you still would like to come back to or or what's the deal with that? Yeah, um, a little bit of both. You know, I, I wanted to see where it was, um, you know, if I could do it. And, and I got some really good feedback about how I did. And, uh, you know, it honestly, Robbie, I, Robbie, you know, when he was in there, he was kind of like that, the role that I, I would have filled if I would have gotten any games. But no, he does a great job. <laughs> um, so it, you know, you can't beat it. He had, a, he had a better four years than me. And unfortunately I was you know, pretty much playing hurt my first couple at Michigan and, uh, you know, yeah. finally came on strong at the end, but, um, yeah, it was, it is something I would like to come back to eventually. Um, you know, if that opportunity ever arises. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough business to get into, man. It's, uh, it, it's not easy. Like John Crispin, uh, he works for the big 10 and he, he was kind of telling me, you know, he had to, it was because he played at Penn State and then went to UCLA and he's not exactly the biggest name, but he's just really well-spoken, smart guy. And, uh, you know, he was kind of telling me, he's like, yeah, you have no idea. I did years and years of just everything. Yeah. And then finally, you know, I got the call and I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And, you know, now he has like ESPN courting him and, uh, you know, kind of a, a decent following. So it's, it's, you know, you never know where, uh, where the tides will turn, but, um, you know, for, for now I, I do what I can and uh, I really enjoy it too. I mean, you're, there's it's a front row seat and <laughs> some of the best college basketball games. Right. And, uh, yeah. You can't be hating it. No, it's <laughs> interesting for sure. And like you said, the big names always help. I mean, you see the reports now with uh, Jason Witten re- mulling retirement because he can make more money commentating on Monday night mm-hmm. football than he can playing actual football. So the names never hurt. And Ro- Robbie's definitely one of those big names. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But to get to, and I, of course, I got to bring it up, uh, our time at Michigan and your time in Michigan. And, uh, you know, a lot of what we try and talk about on, this, on my podcast is, you know, reminiscing about back in the day. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to cut straight to it because that's one of the biggest things in your college career was leaving Michigan. Yeah. And that whole feeling, um, you know, that whole process, I know it couldn't have been easy, um, but I've always been curious was was IU was was the chance to play against Michigan I mean was that was that a big opportunity that you didn't want to pass up you know not as much that as uh I mean I I can kind of run through the story real quick like it's 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 it is sort of interesting so um basically you know I I had hip surgery going into my senior year and uh I was kind of healing from it all year. Kind of started out a little weak, like I, you know, the 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 uh, 17s we had to run, right? The gauntlet. Oh yeah. Gauntlet. I I, sure. I was in decent shape, but I literally was on like half a hip. <laughs> so like all <laughs> all that cutting was just brutal. Like it, they're like, you know, Max, you, you can't play until you make that conditioning test. I'm like, I'm, I'm my wind is fine. I just cannot cut yet. Like it's <laughs> it's it's like you don't understand. Like they put a knife in my hip. <laughs> so right. that's kind of I was kind of coming back from that at the beginning of the year and. uh you know, by the end of the year, I was feeling really good. You know, I was starting, um, you know, towards the end of the year. And, uh, and yeah, so things were kind of going good. And, and um, just what happened was, you know, Beeline was recruiting Jalen Brown, you know, obviously on the Celtics now, you know, unbelievable NBA player. And, and you know, he's like, Max, you know, I, I go, Coach, like, you know, any chance I have a fifth-year offer next year? You know, I know I was starting, kind of came on strong, and you know, I think we're onto something good. You know, I had good momentum. I mean, you'll end up losing to Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament to – almost make the NIT. But anyways, uh, yeah. So I asked him and he's like, you know, I got a lot of wheels turning right now. I'm like coach completely understand. 
Um, I mean, I, I, if I, I'm not a McDonald's all American, I know I'm not, I'm not a guy that's going to come down and shot clock and, you know, win you a national championship. That's not me. I'm, I know my role. And uh, so I was completely understanding and, you know, week or two went by and, you know, same sort of thing. You know, I just got, got a lot of things I'm juggling right now, wheels turning. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Coach, that's cool. And then you know, I was kind of waiting and I figured I'd just wait. And all of a sudden graduation's coming up this weekend. You know, it's like May 1st, the graduation's like literally this weekend. I'm like, coach, like, I need to know, like, I'm graduating this week and am I coming back next year or not? I need to start looking at other places. And at, at this point, I had been looking at, uh, um, like, Iowa State had called and, um, like, Boston College and, and a couple other ones, uh, DePaul, too. Um, but uh, he, I, he had said, you know, I had the same sort of thing. I'm like, coach, like, you know, if, I, if I'm not allowed to come back here, I should be able to at least look at the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, I had one of my uh, best friends in high school. His dad was an assistant coach for Nebraska. So I kind of heard through the grapevine, Nebraska may be sort of interested. Mm-hmm. And the way the rule is, is I'm not even allowed to talk to him. You know, I mean, it, like there's one right. thing not me not allowing me to go there, but I couldn't even talk to him. So, you know, you don't even you don't even know what's out there. So, you know, for me, I was like, basically, it's you know, having a great education and staying around the Midwest and playing at a big time school. Those three things put together. It's pretty much 90% Big Ten, unless you're going to go to like Marquette or, I mean, it's, there's, it's very slim p- pickings by that. Um, yeah. And, and so, so, you know, he, he, he said, uh, you know, like, no, you know, you know, my rules, no Big Ten. I'm like, well, you know, I just, I think it's fair. Like, you know, it's logically, if, if I'm not allowed to come back, I should be able to go wherever I want, you know, and just, that's just kind of what made sense to me. Right. And, um, especially, you know, you throw academics and that stuff on it. And uh, so, yeah, basically he's like, well, you know, you can, you can go through the appeal process if you want. And uh, I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So the, and, that, that whole conversation, like you, you tell him, okay, I'm going to do the appeals process. And, you know, basically you, you're at just a, uh, you're at a crossroads cause you're not at an understanding, but you're at an understanding to the point of, okay, well, I'm going to do this for me and I, and he's going to do this yeah, for him. You, so you have to, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's healthy. Um, so yeah, so the appeal process, I was getting ready for that. And, and, you know, you got like the kind of the formality of it, the, uh, you know, the student athlete academic representative, kind of the one that merges the athletic department and um, the academic mm-hmm. side, that lady. So she, she was kind of the one like in charge of setting it up and it was set up with three um, people from the, uh, just the education side, like someone from like the provost's office, like a professor from the English department, like people that had no idea I'm like anything about sports for the most part. It's just very, very neutral, uh, neutral persons. And so it basically was set up where you know, I would make my opening comments. Um, Beeline would make his opening comments. I would, uh, we'd have a quick break and then I'd, I'd have my response to his, he'd have his response. And then uh, the, 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 the board of the three people would ask questions. So it was very formal. I did not know of, that happened. Dude, it was, it was freaky, man. I, and it, this is the guy that's owned your life for like the past four years. Completely you know, owned like, it, yeah. Because you, you, you know him. He, he's, he, he likes his control. I'm a great guy, but he, you know, he, he likes having control. So that's like, holy cow, like I'm literally, <laughs> it's, like, it's like going against like someone in like a lawsuit, like your old boss or something. But Okay, uh, so yeah. like he's laying out basically, you know, competitive advantage, basically. Is yeah, that- basically his biggest argument was, you know, he has my playbook. And, you know, my rule <laughs> is, um, you know, you can't go to anywhere that we're going to be playing in the next two years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I, I get your point. But at the same time, um, Michigan had just gotten Jake Rudock from Iowa. Yep. Um, yeah, so Michigan's directly benefiting. B, you as an assistant coach or a manager or anyone else who knows the playbook, they're allowed to go anywhere they'd like. 
I mean, look at look at Billy Correct. Donlin leaving Michigan this year to go to Northwestern. I mean, yep. it's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's all about just following the money and where you want to go. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the player, it's completely just no. <laughs> so that, that that was kind of my my argument. And uh, you know, I, obviously, I argued kind of what I told you: the academics, staying around the Midwest, uh, good programs, and uh, you know, good basketball. <clears throat> so yeah, you had you know, a million reasons. Oh yeah, and dude, I I wish they would have videoed it because my opening statements. I was so nervous. <laughs> I was stumbling over all my words and it was so bad. And then, uh, uh, and then kind of, kind of what got me was uh, when he was making his statements, you know, he was basically, he basically said to the, to these people um, that again, know, know nothing about basketball. You know, Max had all year to look at um, any school he wanted. And I'm like, and I'm like, timeout. I, I, I mean, you couldn't interrupt, but I, after mine, I go, after he said it and my retorts come up, I'm like, all right. First off, I'm I'm a I'm a team guy. Like that's that's why I think I have success at the schools I go to. Um, I mean, I've done everything for the team when it comes like these past four years, and now all of a sudden you're telling me to basically like basically like having a girlfriend and kind of just playing the field while you're on the side, just see, seeing what's out there. No, like I'm 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 gonna yeah. go blood, sweat, and tears for my team. Like I'm not gonna look. I didn't start looking until we lost. You know. I mean, that's just sorry. I'm doing gonna do things the right the way that I think uh, you should. And yeah, you don't have the mental energy for that. I mean, you're trying no. to give everything to your team, to your teammates, to school. I mean, if you could, if you could even have the want to even talk to a different coach, let alone the coach, coaches giving up their time to talk to you when they're busy with their season. I mean, I don't know. I guess those midseason transfers happen, but it's it's that's not me. I mean, things yeah. things were going good. I was getting better. I was getting healthier and. Right, yeah, you, know, I mean, you got a positive I, attitude towards everything. So a lot of the guys totally that do do that, for most a lot of the answers. guys that do do that, it's it's they're negative. It's it's right. kind of like they're they're trying to get out of like a poisonous culture or something. And you know, it's nothing poisonous about Michigan. It's just making no, a business no. decision. Right, exactly, exactly. But you know, it, it's funny to me. You see all these all these coaches making comments about transfers and you know it hurting the game and what should be done and what's the right thing to do with kids transferring. And it's like, why are you asking the coaches? They're in the most biased position possible. Mm-hmm. So why, why do we keep going back to them as experts on this issue that completely, that they're going to be on one side for, I because mean, there's no one to represent the players. Exactly. And this is an, a huge issue that the NCAA has uh, and the whole issue with the power struggle that is just not going to be resolved until somebody can represent the players because it looks so players have a real voice. Yeah. Uh, and that, the worst thing is like, they don't even know they don't have a voice because they're so young. <laughs> no, and we're, and we're told through, like from the beginning is like, you don't have a voice in so yeah. many words. It's where we, you're under our control and you step out of line. This is going to happen. You don't say this to the media. You don't say this back to us. You don't mm-hmm. even, you don't even think these thoughts basically like, it's yeah, it's so funny. Uh, you know what's interesting? What's interesting? One tactic um, Indiana used was because I mean, all the coaches do the same thing. They you know, try to almost scare you into submission. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, they Indiana literally had a, a board in the locker room of uh, current articles of other schools' players messing up. You know, someone sexual assault here, someone here, someone here, and like you just it's you know it's like advertising, right? You just that that stimuli just constantly keeps hitting you and it's like oh you know like don't do that don't be that guy and i, I felt bad because there were I've, I've run into a good amount of players that were just really good dudes like you'd have no problems with but like they 
they had like anxiety issues just because they're always like trying not to mess up, you know, like, it, like these oh, guys, sure. Oh, like even, even a guy that's 21 and over like over 21 at Indiana. And he's like, no, like, I, I don't want to go have a beer. Cause like, uh, it just, it, and it's just like, it's like, dude, like just be a human for a second. Like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I want to ask you about the difference. And, and I know, um, you, I mean, both know beeline has like any other college coach, you know, he's complete control over the program and, mm -hmm. uh, they control you from day one. Um, and you know, from my experience with my friends who played at IU green was pretty similar and almost seemed to be like very anxious, like constantly anxious about the image that IU gave off or the image that he was giving off. Um, and he was in such a high pressure situation. I mean, did you feel that in that year, even when you guys were having the success you did and winning the big 10 title? Yeah, you know, he's he's very high energy. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things, whether he knows it or not, that he's best at is going into a program that's struggling like Indiana was and just bringing in such a such an energy and such a passion and, and such an aggression to, you know, like seize the day like just we're going to go, you know, balls to the wall and just, you know, and this is going to be us. We're going to develop our our program under the core values of hard work. And we're going to go the extra mile while you guys can't make it. And that, and that, and that works. I mean, that stuff works and it's, but for, from uh, what you're saying about, you know, kind of, yeah, it, it did. Some things did kind of get in his head. You know, I mean, he was kind of facing um, the, the athletic department. It was just kind of un, unnecessary pressures that were kind of down his throat. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, you, I kind of felt bad for him because I mean, I'll, I'll say one thing when I was at Michigan, I literally said to Cole McConnell one day, um, we're warming up at Indiana in assembly hall and uh, Cole, Cole was friends with Noah Vonley at the time. They had been like teammates or something in the past and he was at half court. And uh, I was talking to Cole. I'm like, man, Cole, like I am happy. I never have to play for that guy. Talking about Tom Crane. Cause he just looks crazy up and down the side sideline, pulling up his pants, yelling. Constantly. He does pants. Don't oh fit. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm like, man, I, I literally said that verbatim. And then it's because everyone always asks me to compare Beeline and Crean. And I yeah. do think Crean is a very misunderstood guy mm -hmm. um, just because that's how he comes off the naked eye. And uh, people kind of think he's crazy. And then and that was the thing. Indiana finally called after I won my appeal. And, you know, it's it's like, holy cow. Like, you know, we're talking about Indiana here. Like, this is a this is a big time, big time deal. Oh, for sure. And uh, so, so I went there, you know, I met all the guys. The guys are really cool. Come from good families, good characters. And. Um, you know, assistant coaches. And I'm like, I was kind of nervous. I was like, man, like, but the screen guy, like, you know, you only you go by what you see on TV and, and you met him and he's just, dude, he's super intense. Like you just get into the same room and you just like, you're like, wow. Um, just his intensity is unmatched. Like it's hard to, hard to describe. I actually, I can describe it right here. So he would recruit me on phone calls, right? Mm -hmm. He would, he'd call me up and he would literally speak for an hour for every like three, four minutes I spoke. No. Oh yeah. It was, it was amazing. And, Typical and coach. It was unbelievable. And he just goes and, and he has so much passion. You know, it's, it's almost your biggest strength is always your biggest weakness. They always say, mm -hmm. and you know, his biggest strength is just showing, Hey, here's how bad we want you. Here's the passion. But it's like, okay. Oh my God. Like I gotta, I gotta like schedule out an hour. Like every time I see a call from Tom Crean coming in, but yeah, I mean, but he, you know, he dude, he's he's so big on the player development side and growing the whole character and the person and and you know, he he made me find a 
you know, whole extra reserve of what I was capable of doing. Cause I mean, I've never worked harder in my life than getting ready for that one season I played. Oh my, <laughs> did you have, you know, we did the gauntlet two seventeens and a, uh, what was it? And a, and a nine. Mm-hmm. So, so well, granted that was in a minute, the, the bigs got like a minute five or minute seven. So we, we were doing 17s one morning at like 6 a.m. with the altitude masks on. Oh, geez. And we did about six 17s in about a, in a minute, five minutes, seven, whatever it was. What? With, with altitude masks, too. That's brutal. Like, how is <laughs> that even possible? I, exactly. Exactly. It is, it is the most, um, like, so the, 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 the thing that, and that's the thing, like, I, a lot of these guys kind of had just always been, this is everything they've known. And I came from Michigan where it was just like, Holy, Holy moly. Like you're, I go in and you know, like you kind of, there's, by the way, there's no clocks in the gym either. So, you know, kind of Michigan, you kind of say like, Oh, you know, we've been going for two hours, no clocks. So I kind of feel it out. I'm like, okay, you know, Michigan, you know, I kind of have an idea for how long we're going. I get Indians going to be a little bit, that's, you know, that's just what they do a little bit tougher. And, and uh, we, we'd go and, uh, you know, we'd be like coming towards the end. I'm like, all right, we're getting pretty close. Like maybe one thing, two more tops. We do one more thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, there was one more thing. All right. We're probably done. Maybe one more. It's we're going to do another thing. Another thing. And I was like, okay, we're definitely done now. We would do three or four more things. My, my, my internal body clock for what was normal was completely just flipped on its, flipped on its back. <laughs> God, you know, we, we successfully lobbied with the help of Sanderson uh, strength coach John Sanderson in Michigan to go to Beeline and completely cut out the track workouts that we used to do because I don't think yeah I heard that now that yeah. was right before I got there yeah that was right before because uh, Manny Harris one year you know hurt his hamstring and it started from those track workouts because you're running mm-hmm. one of them you know, it was like 800 meters and then we would do like a couple of those and we ran a full mile and it's like why are you running a mile? That's just no reason yeah. to do a time mile. Like athletes don't run a mile. And, yeah. and ever since then, like, you know, we, we, we took like a year, but we convinced Beeline that, <laughs> you know, we could get our conditioning from open gyms and, yeah. and we did. I mean, we were all fine, but like sure. practice in open gyms was going to be good along with 17s and, you know, some running stuff. But I've heard of some horror stories at IU and guys puking and i mean oh, was, oh, was there yeah. a football strength coach there because my friends oh yeah they, yep. yeah okay so that yeah he was, like was uh, intense as well i heard coach, coach l man coach yeah. l that dude <laughs> literally reminds you know if anyone knows who's a kimbo slices he was like kimbo slice and strength coach for him jesus oh yeah it was nuts that sounds terrifying <laughs> dude you have no idea when uh That's we had a, some guys we had some guys get in trouble for welcome week like uh, having you know, little drinking issues or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, like every college school has normal. Um, you? Yeah. Normal. The, uh, that next week was by far the hardest week I have ever had in my life. And yeah, that's me just saying that, but I'm trying to remember all the things we did. And I'm literally, I, I swear I blacked out mentally. <laughs> it was, it was un, unreal, man. Like we, we, we went to, so we weren't even allowed to wear IU stuff. We were wearing like blue see-through pennies. Jeez. Um and 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 shorts, right? So you're wearing these pennies. Couldn't represent the school. Couldn't even, yeah, couldn't even represent the you school. Worthy. You know, right. And um, so we go into Mellon Camp, the uh, indoor uh, football facility, uh-huh. and dude, we're just running. We're just so we start on the uh, start on the uh, end zone line, and we're just running 
40 yards at a time, 40 back, 40, 40, 40, 40. And, and then we'd do like six of those and then everyone would be gassed. And then we just do it again. And the thing is, is like, there was never an end in sight. That was the scariest thing. Like, you know, like, like some, some, the, the rationality of, oh, you know, like, like this is, they're probably about done. There, there was just no sense for it. <laughs> no, that was, that was, it was the scariest thing. And to the point where, you know, like we were, we, they just like, were creating exercises that we could do just to make us keep doing things. Like we, oh, yeah. we did, we, we did this one where we'd be in like a push up position. Right. And, uh, We'd have to um, be on one leg, though, so like have one leg up, and we're going uh, sideways, so uh, width-wise of the football field, and you got to go just down and back on your on your two hands and one foot, keeping your other foot up, and you're allowed to switch. You're allowed to switch feet, but you can't put one foot down at a time. And if you don't know, if you know me, I have huge calves, and I have the heaviest legs of yeah, all time, and that was the hardest thing drugs. I think I've ever done in my life. I was. It got to the point, dude. We were all so tired that literally um coach l you know was kind of getting the vibe from crane that he wants to keep killing us so coach l's like all right we're doing barrel rolls we literally were laying on the ground rolling from side to side uh, widthwise again and I, i'm like in my head i was like oh thank god like finally something we can get off our feet and like i can kind of you know just Don't milk this throw up doing that oh yeah oh yeah everyone's throwing up and i i am like getting dizzy and like lightheaded and it's just it literally it was hazing <laughs> yeah it was, I, I was essentially that is by the worst yeah. by the worst fraternity at indiana <laughs> <laughs> the worst parties of all the frats at iu I no kidding not yeah i guess the, the payoff is the rings and the wins but <laughs> yeah was, but oh gosh oh man that is funny i never knew stuff like that i mean i heard some stuff but um you know when college coaches and i think cream and beyond are similar when they want to send a message, it's relentless. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I've always tried to live my life where it's like, okay, you kind of, you made a mistake and, you know, try and be reasonable. And it's like, oh, you made a mistake. You're going to pay dearly. And everyone around you is going to pay oh, yeah. as well. So you get the message and it's like, Jesus, man, it's, it, it's, it's very odd. I have never experienced it before or after. I hope you never have to. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I tell, speaking of getting messages, though, the, the other worst part would be, so we get done with a day like that, right? And we know the next day is going to be hell, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we all go home and your body is, you're literally like convulsing. You're convulsing because you're just so freaking tired. And you're like trying to walk to go get Chipotle. And you just, everyone just goes and lays down in bed. And it's just like, oh, my God. You just wonder when you're going to get the because you don't even know what time we're going the next day, right? So you're just yeah, waiting right. for a text, you know, you go eat dinner and everyone's just kind of, it's like a doctor just waiting to be beeped um, to go do emergency surgery. Right. And we're just waiting for it. And then you get a text at like 1130 at night saying 6am, 6am Mellencamp again. And you're just like, Oh my God. Well, bedtime boys. <laughs> God, that's messed up, man. Let's get our six hours. Oh yeah. And let's uh, be there. You got to be there, you know, 30 minutes early too. Of course. And that, that ended up turning into an hour too. Cause one person was like 25 minutes early. And so now we had to be there an hour early. So, you know, 5 a.m. wake-ups and yeah, just remember man. the Titans, man. <laughs> yeah, apparently, like, we've been glorifying this for too long in sports. <laughs> Something needs to change. I know. Oh, man, future generations, I don't know when it's going to change. They're still screwed. <laughs> it's still like that. You know, it's funny, even, like, the business world's the same thing. You know, uh, the mm -hmm. old way of thinking is the more hours you put in, the better. And, you know, now a lot of these big companies like your Googles and all this, they're going to results only work environments where, hey, if you can be productive, 
you know, you can, you don't have to stay to the office till 10 PM to show the boss that you look good. Right. Just, yeah. So that, that's kind of the new age of thinking, which uh, I guess, you know, millennials get pegged for being lazy. <laughs> right. No, just more efficient. And, yeah. We, uh, we grew up multitasking. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and living life and enjoying things instead of, you know, killing yourself for yeah. something you'll regret later on anyway. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have to go take my ax and chop down a tree to stay warm at night. I can talk into my phone and have turn my nest up <laughs> five degrees right. if I want to. If you want to call me soft for that, then fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Bro. So I appreciate all the past generations making my life so easy. Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do now? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. I want to finish this out with some, um, just like quick questions. You don't have to do too long of answers. Cool. I got about four or five. Um, but I will revisit and I'll make, I will force you to answer this because for me, it would be a big deal. But to go to IU, I mean, it had to be sweet to play and beat Michigan. I think you guys were one-on-one against Michigan that year, but yeah. to be able to play against them, I mean, it had to be exciting from the jump, right? <clears throat> it was, yeah, it was unreal. I mean, everything from coming in on the bus and driving by, you know, where Jordan Morgan lived in the, mm-hmm. uh, on, on field crest, that was, that was where I ended up living my last, uh, my last year. So like driving, driving by my old place where, you know, I was driving to practice every day. That was weird. Going in to uh, shoot around the night before and, yeah. And uh, having, having, I think it was Devin, the, our old manager, like let, uh, open the door for us. And like, it was like acting like he didn't really know us or know me. I was like, Hey Devin, <laughs> like, how's it going? Hey bud. I yeah. Go, going into the guest locker room. It's just so the, all these weird things and, you know, shooting around and, Oh, this is bizarre, man. Um, and then obviously game day was just, you know, cause I didn't know whether I was going to get cheered or booed or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, I, cause no one knows the story. And you know, I think I, I did a pretty rational thing doing what's best for me. No, no bitter feelings involved whatsoever. Um, but you know, you know, fan bases, there's a reason they're so good because they're so irrational. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, you go back in and, and I, I tell you what is the most hype slash nervous slash just the most adrenaline I've had pouring into my, like, like layup lines. I've never had a more hype layup line. I felt like I could jump out of the gym and it was funny. I, I actually, I had never felt like that before in my life. And I was feeling so like athletic and energized. Like I was just kind of like dunking like easy and kind of got to the game. I was like, Whoa, I, I think I went a little too hard in layup lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no, I mean, before going on that, you know, 28 Oh run um was just unreal because because they they hopped out because i was obviously coming off the bench six man and uh you know they they hopped out to like a like a 15 to 4 lead or something and that place is like yeah you know beating indiana we're number one in the in the big 10 at the time Mm -hmm. yeah and and you know i get in there and and uh i had a great plus minus that game i didn't shoot great but i had a pretty good plus minus uh i may have called out like one backdoor play and they didn't really like that um (laughs) I think what, what was it was like what was the back door clear it was a, a clear 33 yes, clear clear 33 and uh and I heard that and I was like what's the back door and they're, they're, all these dudes are looking at me like do you son of a <laughs> like Sorry, what, what, do you, what do you expect me to do it's all yeah. competitive you know right so uh yeah so you know we go on that run and and you know we're up like 20 and I'm, it's just uh, we're all popping off we're yelling yeah place getting quiet people are leaving it's one of the best feelings um, oh, because you know sure. it's it's your team, dude. It's 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 just uh, it's like it's like a your own little solo rivalry, but you know no yeah. hurt feelings. Like before the game, that was the other thing. Before the game, you know ev- everybody on the team, you know, dap me up, saying hi, hugging, you know, kind of laughing it out. You know, even like Phil the usher, you know, he came out to me and gave me a big hug, and 
and uh, yeah, it was great. So, uh, so, you know, no hard feelings. And I, I got cheered actually when I went in and I hit a three right off the bat and like Dan Dacus is doing the game too. So, so, it, it, you know, he always, he always has fun with me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, the funniest thing though, Spike kind of got the same treatment. Everybody loves Spike, uh, obviously going to Purdue. And then, but Andrew Dockett came back this year and he got booed like crazy at yeah, Ohio he got, State. He got pretty beat. <laughs> so funny. I don't man. know what that was about. Maybe it was the whole OSU thing. I don't think that helped his cause at all. Yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. And I didn't, I didn't hear the boos, but I heard the comments and read the comments on Twitter. <laughs> and it was like, well, no, they're not happy about that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, but, uh, is there is there every one moment or, or sorry like comment or tweet or conversation or something that sticks out like a fan like did you get initial pushback from fans when when you transferred and and was there one big one I mean I always remember certain conversations I've had with on Twitter uh, when people would at me and like tell me that I was shit and I would respond to them and they'd back down and it was hilarious. I mean, did you ever have any of those when you, when you decided to go to IU? You know, I, I, I did. Um, but not, not as many as I thought I would. Um, was there one I good mean, one? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Cause like I would read them uh-huh. and, 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 and me, like a lot of people, you know, you either have the people that, you know, take it like, like a Jordan Morgan's like, man, that's bull. Like, you know, I guess it's like these guys, fans or whatever, whatever. They get all mad and pissy about it. I just laugh, man. I just think it's funny how crazy people can be, you know, because I'm like, put myself in their shoes. For me to say that, I have to love this university so much and hate anything else that that's what that would make me say. Like, that right. just makes me laugh. That's human rational so, love. Yeah. Right. So, so that's kind of, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but, you know, I might have had a couple. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, but I mean, dude, transferring to IU, like, they love their basketball. It was overwhelming, like, Oh my God. I probably picked up thousands of followers by just, are you being interested in me? Like it's crazy. Oh, down there. Yeah. It's nuts. They follow like high school kids and uh, unbelievable. It's, it gets a little insane, but it definitely makes assembly hall a lot of fun to play in and probably play for IU. So there's a, definitely a give and take there, but man. Yeah. yeah it, it's no, I mean that I get asked, I don't know if this is one of your questions, but I get asked a lot, you know, hardest arena you've played in and and I, it, yeah, that we I've played at Duke, I've played at you know Hilton, Hilton Magic, uh, Iowa mm-hmm. State. You know those Michigan, Michigan State games were crazy. Even Ohio State got pretty crazy early in those years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I tell you what, the craziest game, excuse me, craziest game I've been in is uh, Michigan at Indiana, one versus two. Cody Zeller, Vic Oladipo, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway. Yeah, like that. It was the. I could not even talk to the person on the bench next to me without screaming. I, Stu, I, I've never seen anything like it. It was crazy. I remember that um, parts of that game. That that thing, yeah, it was intense. And that place gets crazy. And it's it's made, I believe, it's made for concerts. Like it was made for concerts. And the way like um, sound of it. You know, if you sit at the top, like you can't really see because of the jumbotron or or the um what at the center thing above the court so it's like it's this really odd arena and yeah it just gets so loud and their fans i remember playing there my freshman year and it was winter break and the students were gone and it was still loud as hell like i was expecting it's it to be unreal half empty and it was still people packing it in students were still there and still and like the 
the the locals were loud like that's when you know that you have a oh, yeah. place because the locals are just loud and when we were playing mm-hmm. in, in ann arbor at home and like the locals it's just the students and the locals were like <laughs> hey, we're here for like a night out yeah you got like the alumni band playing it's all these yeah. like gray-haired seven-year-olds and it's just there's not nearly the same energy a lot a lot of chill people but yeah i mean that that, that place i'll tell you what that place can get it's because it's designed like it's designed like a, a football stadium you know you got yeah. the two short on on the basket sides, and it just goes way up. Way up. all the sound just comes down on the court. Yeah, it's just it's stupid. I've never. I mean, I played Duke is loud, but Duke has. I don't know. Did you you never played there? Did you? Ed no, Duke? no. So Duke is. It's interesting because like in shootarounds, um, you it, it was the only time where beelines ever had to be like, like like guys like stop doing these side conversations because side conversations would like get picked up in the echo of the stadium. Like if I was just talking, if I was talking to you, like, Hey man, like we should probably run, run this play next. Everyone can hear it. It's really weird. Like the echoes in there are just bizarre. So, I mean, it's not, you don't pack a bunch of people in there, but it's just, their noise is just bouncing off of every corner. That's really, that's really weird. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. Huh? Okay. I got, yeah, I got even, two more for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. Okay. So I've experienced both you and me and both experienced both IU and Michigan nightlife. And if you were to pick one city, Ann Arbor, Bloomington, which one would you pick? So the overall, when you think about the nightlife, it's, it's the student body. It's, it's what people want. And overall, most people that get into Michigan tend to be academics and tend to be there to get an unbelievable degree. Mm-hmm. You know, Indiana, you know, they have some great schools. Kelly school of business is great. You know, they have a great communication school, music school, but there's a lot of people there that are just there to have a good time. They're going for that <laughs> classic college experience. Yeah. So the so the population of people um, at Indiana that just want to have high energy, good time is bigger than Michigan, which uh, which creates kind of just like a bigger, batter or batter party. Michigan, obviously, both Big Ten schools, both amazing times. But I got to give the slight edge to Indiana. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you as much as I love Skeeps. Yeah, I oh, love ski Ricks and yeah, have a great yeah. time. But, I mean, but there's a reason like Kilroy Sports is the highest grossing bar, college bar, and oh, I think like the whole absurd. nation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's eight bars in one. It's ridiculous. It's like, it's like Vegas. It's like heaven to me. I don't know. I just <laughs> love that place. I love going down there. I, I hated it when I got too old and I couldn't, when I graduated and I couldn't go down there. I went, <laughs> I went down there every year for the little five. Oh, and, God. And yeah, that was just. That was like one of the highlights of my year was going down to IU <laughs> school that I could like couldn't get any benefits from being about. They have bottle like service, that. like they have like tables yeah. for like thousands of dollars in bottle service. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you got the yeah. Fiji, the Fiji frat kids with their dad's money oh, yeah. buying oh, bottles. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, after after a game, I'd walk through there and and you know they'd be like, "Yo, Max, I'd be like, what's up, man?" I'd be like, "Hey, tilt your head back." I'd be like, "Oh boy, what? <laughs> oh here we go." Yeah, like Sarah's. Yeah, it was just it was nuts. Especially when you're the Big Ten cha- and you're winning and you're yeah. playing really well and you're senior and you're tall as shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that's got to be um, a killer combo for you in Bloomington. I feel like that's the closest I'll ever get to feeling like Leonardo DiCaprio out in LA. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Almost untouchable, and everyone who everyone who looks at you is gonna love you just because. Of the image you project. Yeah. That's wild, man. Okay, one more. And 
you know, you, you, you've probably answered a million questions about Beeline and Cream. Um, but is there one thing like a similarity or a difference that like people don't ask about or people don't realize or like something that you notice just like playing for two different coaches that like always sticks out to you when you think about your experience? So the interesting thing about them is like there's not many similarities They're Like, honestly, I actually wrote a paper about this because, oh, really? I, yeah, because I was in uh, I was in this class and basically the 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 paper we had to write was all right take two of your past bosses and compare their leadership styles right huh. so you know a lot, a lot of the people in, in my in my program were you know masters older people that have worked multiple jobs and i'm like basically the only job i've had is being basketball player so i'm like i could try to do some other stuff was like intern but not, well, i'm like this is definitely the one i have to do mm-hmm. so I, I wrote a paper about comparing their leadership styles and going through all these frameworks and it's funny like each each one's probably biggest weaknesses is the other one's biggest strength which is like really weird. Cause you're like, if they would just like couple together, like they would just produce absolutely unbelievable basketball, right. you know, like beeline, you know, well, beeline, he's never been you know an assistant coach. This is kind of the one thing that he's gotten for. So when it comes to like developing relationships with guys, he tends to kind of leave that towards the assistant coaches. And, you know, he, he's like the CEO of a business, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to work on a strategic oversight, you know, the big picture, which is yep. great. I mean, you need, need someone to do that. And, uh, and Kareem gets so involved with each player's like recruiting and each player's family. Like, you know, he's like a father figure, like at least three guys on the team at a time. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's really amazing. And he just, he can, and I think one of the things he's best at is he can extract the most out of guys because, because of that, you know, because he, he figures out why they're doing the things they do, uh, you know, what, what they're working for in life, keeping that perspective on it, you know, for me and, it, it was the same thing. I mean, he, you know, this is, I don't know if she's saying this, but you know, it's whatever it's Stu Douglas's podcast. Uh, I don't think he'll publicize it too much, but no, he, so he actually, um, we're, we're having like our killer week or, or hell week when mm-hmm. after the people got in trouble and, um, he's, he, uh, he was trying to motivate me and he, he, he goes, he goes, Max, like you, 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 I don't even know what he said, but he, he, he basically he called up Dane Fife from Michigan state. Uh, Dan Fife, Dan, Dan or Dan. I think Dan. Dan, yeah, Dan, not Dan, Dan Five, and um, sure. and and basically says, Max, come over here for a second, and I'm like, what? And he's like, I got I got Dan Five with Michigan State on the phone real quick. He just wants to wants to tell you something, and uh, I go, what? Are they? And he was basically saying, yeah, Michigan State. They were looking at me when I was looking to transfer, but um, they had gotten uh, a call from uh, Michigan. Uh, I don't know who it was, but uh, basically saying that I was a fraud, <laughs> and I'm like. I'm like, damn. I was like, all right. And he goes, Max, like, I want you to have the best year you can possibly have this year for you and to prove everybody else wrong. And I'm just like, shit. <laughs> you know, like, all right. I, I was like, all right. Like, cut right to the core of it, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so, so, like, that's what he did, like, for me and, like, for everybody. He did, like, that that same magnitude of things. Like, he just, he just, he just went above and beyond with everything, man. And, and it's just, and it's kind of how he operates. Like, you know, he kind of gets a, a bad rep for, uh, for that. And, but, he just, he cared. I'm, I'm telling you what, like he would honestly, he would take a bullet for like any one of his guys on his team. If you're in his corner, like he will put his neck on the line, which is like, it's crazy. I mean, like how many people mm-hmm. do you know in the, in the world that would do that? Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing, but I mean, dude, beeline, nothing like I'm not trying to, when I compliment one, I feel like everyone's natural instinct is to say I'm bashing the other, but dude, they're both amazing coaches, yeah. both big 10, you know, big 10 coaches of the year at some points. And, you know, Beeline, dude, he's unbelievable X's and O's guy. 
his, his attention to detail makes him so amazing. I was thinking about this the other night. Um, and just, just the way he, he does film, you know, he has his on the little like three by three mouse pad. He has his two hands. He's drawing up like to the centimeter where he wants people cutting, where he wants this pick being set. You know, he's smashing the hell out of that space bar too. Cause he's always pausing. <laughs> he's had to change out a space bar before <laughs> that pause button. I tell you what it's, yeah, it's unbelievable, but it, so that's probably the biggest thing. You know, I, obviously the paper was more than that, but I mean, th- those are the, probably the biggest glaring differences. And uh, yeah, they're just, they're really interesting guys to play for. Cause you know, I think I'm lucky to have played for both because, you know, I got to see the best of each and the, and how they do complement each other. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably cool my answer for that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I don't want to feel the mention on this podcast, but you're the only player in big 10 history to win uh, big 10 titles on two different teams. And I, I'm pretty sure you're going to hold that record for a very long time. Spike Albrecht. They won the Big Ten? Yeah. Well, I, I take it the, back. The year right after, me and Spike. And Dockett's almost got it. This That was the funniest thing because it was becoming a thing. You know, I, I won it when I transferred. Spike won it. And then we hear that Dockett's is going to Ohio State, which is supposed to finish bottom of the conference. We're like, damn, yeah, like, Doc, you're about to – you ruin everything, Doc. It's now you got to ruin our legacy too. And sure enough, Ohio State's of course like they kill top it. tier of the conference. Yeah. They're almost there at the end. And then you know people are writing articles like, "All right, these Michigan transfers, like, what's up with this?" You know, they're and you know a lot of that is a lot of that's credit to Beeline. You know, you learn fundamental basketball and paying attention to detail and and uh, you know he's he's a great coach. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, he's doing fine. I mean, we, we I I'd like to give him shit and joke about him and critique him but i mean he's doing just fine so oh yeah <laughs> whatever we say about him it's, it's gonna be okay it was fun it was good catching up with you too i yeah, know no. you know me you know me fresh from the air and you know i was i was i was completely different as i was now <laughs> yeah no it's oh hilarious it's funny to always see that transformation oh yeah you still have the big old big ass calves um but that's probably <laughs> about the only similarity you know what's funny um talking about twitter earlier you know, I that I would judge how well I was performing on the court by my Twitter mentions after the game. You know, when I was first playing and I was there just to be a body, yeah. every tweet was about my calves. And then the better and better I played, the bigger percentage was more and more about the actual game being played than my calves. I'm like, hey, I must be doing something better. <laughs> Ratio of I'm, calves to I'm more than just, I'm more than just a piece tweets. of meat. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny as hell. Oh, yep. Yep. Mom, I only got one calf tweet and three good basketball tweets tonight. It yep. was a good one to three. That was a good, good game. game. Yeah. One to double, double. <laughs> oh, that's funny as shit. Yeah. But I mean, they're just too noticeable not to talk about. So I completely <laughs> understand. Well, I mean, it didn't help that, you know, one of the biggest ESPN announcers, Dan Dacus, had a fetish for them. You know, every time I Did checked he? into the game, I don't know if you, oh, yeah. Every time I checked in the game, biggest calves in college basketball. Oh, Max you Beautiful know what? I think I have right now. Before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because it's funny. You don't know how many people I've had 50 people come up to me. You're like, yeah, like I was watching a game and someone, one of the announcers was saying biggest cast in I'm like Dan Dawkins. Like, yeah, that was it. I'm like, yeah, because he said it every game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. I've been told this a million times before. This is nothing new. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, shit. Those, some of the college basketball announcers are so funny like that because. They're not, it's not quite like, I mean, shit, some of the NBA guys are terrible, but these college guys, you know, they're trying to stick out and be goofy yeah. and like, yeah. they have that leeway. And so they just run with it and talk about mm-hmm. people's calf muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate it. Good deal. Appreciate it, man. All right, Stu. Good talking, right. man. Talk Take to care. you later. All right, bye. See ya.